in this battle that we're in, not a battle of one nation against another or a battle of one people, one ethnic people against another, as we see in the world right now, but rather we're in a different battle, a battle that we can't see. It's a battle between light and darkness, a battle between good and evil, a battle between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of hell. The one thing about this battle is you can't be neutral. You cannot be neutral. You have to choose a side. Eventually, you have to choose a side. Eventually, there's a line. And the line says, which side are you on? Are you on the side of good or are you on the side of evil? Are you on the side of the kingdom of God? Are you on the side of the kingdom of hell? These are two different, very different kingdoms. And so one of the things that Jesus does in his lifetime is he does exorcisms. You see, you see Jesus teaching. He's a teacher. That's why they call him rabbi. And then you see Jesus healing in his ministry. But then you see a third part of his ministry, exorcisms. And you see Jesus doing this throughout the Gospels, where he's exercising demons out of people. Why is he doing that? Because he's he's basically kicking out the kingdom of hell out of people, and he wants to instill in there the kingdom of heaven and people's souls. And actually, in exorcism, it's it's an act of God's mercy because the soul is, is tormented by these demons that are afflicting them. And so when Jesus comes, he, he actually heals them of this demonic influence in their life. And then he brings about the kingdom of God. And this is the big debate in the gospel today because Jesus just drove out a demon out of a mute person. And then they're saying that by the power of Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he drives out demons. So they're, they're saying that Jesus does not have the Holy Spirit. He's not the Messiah. He's not driving out these demons by the power of God. Rather, it's, it's by the power of demons. And then they dare to say to him, to ask him for a sign from heaven. He just gave them a sign from heaven. Think about that. Think about the hypocrisy. They just saw a demon. If you saw a demon going out of a person, you would remember that. Like if you were to attend an exorcism, you say Father Rippinger, you know, he's a well-known exorcist in the United States, or another exorcist. And if you were to actually see the demon leave, you would remember that. And then if you were to turn to the exorcist after seeing that and say, can you, show, can you show me a sign from heaven that shows that you have authority to do this? Can you imagine that? If you said that to an exorcist after you saw a demon leave a person? And so you see the hypocrisy. Jesus just showed them a sign from heaven. But Jesus is going to use natural logic to answer their objection. So the objection was that by the power of Beelzebul, 
and Jesus drives out demons. And so Jesus uses simple logic. He says, every kingdom divided against itself will be laid waste and house will fall against house. And if Satan is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that it is by Beelzebub that I drive out demons. Meaning, Satan cannot drive himself out. Or a demon would not want to drive out another demon. See, their kingdom, the kingdom of hell, will be divided against itself. It will not stand. If you have kingdoms that are divided against itself, civil war within kingdoms, they do not stand. They, they fall, they implode inside. And so Jesus is saying, that would be the end of the kingdom of hell. If it would be by a demonic spirit that he would be driving out, a demonic spirit. And then he says, if I then drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your own people drive them out? If you're saying, I drive out demons, by whom, by what authority do your own people drive them out? And then he says, therefore they will be your judges. But then he says a great phrase here, and I think this is kind of the central, the moral of Jesus' argument right here. And it's a very small phrase, but if you don't pick it up, you, you, can, you can kind of lose it in the context. He says, but if it is by the finger of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Think about that, the finger of God. So I always imagine Jesus. How is Jesus driving out demons? He's going like this. He's pointing his finger. This is, this is a good finger. He's pointing a finger at the demon. I won't go into that. That's why I have to go to confession. He's pointing a finger at the demon. And he's saying, expallo, exit. That's what exorcism means, to exit out of the person. Get out. Get out of that soul. It's probably going like this. And the demon has to follow the authority of Jesus and leave. And he says it's by the finger of God. What's really interesting, when you look at the catechism of the Catholic Church, it's in the catechism, go in the section with the Holy Spirit. You see me speak a lot about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's so important in our life. He's not talked about enough in the church. Section on the Holy Spirit, it says one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit is the finger of God. The finger of God. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And so it's not just Jesus driving out the demon, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that he drives out the demon. They're saying it's by the power of Beelzebul. Jesus is saying it's not by the power of Beelzebul, it's by the power of the third person of the Holy Trinity that I drive out demons, by the power of the Holy Spirit. How do we know? Because Jesus is anointed by the Holy Spirit at his baptism. He has the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's what we call Messiah. Messiah means anointed one. That's why we believe as Christians he's the Messiah, because he's anointed by the Holy Spirit from the Father, and he has the power of the Holy Spirit with him. And the part of the power of the Holy Spirit, part one, the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the gift of exorcism, is the gift of deliverance, the gift to drive out demons. Not everyone has this gift. Exorcists certainly have this gift. And, and, to, and to do the rite of exorcism, 
They also not only have to have the gift of the Holy Spirit, but the, the authority from the bishop also. They have to have two things, the gift and the authority, both. And so Jesus has both the gift and he has the authority as the son of God to drive out demons. But not only is he driving out a demon with the Holy Spirit, okay, the Holy Spirit's driving out a demon. But also when that demon leaves, then Jesus wants to, when, when the demon leaves the person, the person is empty. So they need to be filled with something. So what does God want to fill them with? The Holy Spirit. It's the gift of God. It's, it's like in the passage yesterday, when Jesus talks about, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened unto you. And then he, he talks about different things that children ask their fathers. And at the end, he says, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask it of him? The greatest gift of God is the gift of God himself, is the gift of the Holy Spirit. If God fills you with the Holy Spirit, and you can't be filled with demons. You can't be filled with the kingdom of hell. You're filled with the kingdom of God. You're filled with the kingdom of heaven when you have the Holy Spirit come down upon you. That's why it's so important to pray to the Holy Spirit, not to be empty. So if you're cleansing yourself of sin, also fill yourself with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus, he, he, he talks more about this passage, about a strong man who attacks someone. And who's the strong man in this passage? It's Jesus. It's Jesus overthrowing the kingdom of hell. He's the strong one over Satan. He has authority over demons. But then he says when an unclean spirit leaves someone, it roams through arid wastes. But then it brings seven more spirits more wicked than itself. What, what would be the, the seven spirits here? The seven capital sins. The seven capital sins. Do you know that the seven capital sins were originally seven chief demons from hell that the monks of the desert used to fight all the time. You know the monks of the desert, the monks in Egypt? And they would be praying, and they would be attacked by these seven chief demons all the time. Pride, lust, anger, envy, and so forth. They would be attacked by them. And it was only later, in the church at St. Gregory the Great, he, he classified these seven chief demons as seven capital sins. But actually, the seven capital sins are actually seven chief demons of hell. And so this, this other spirit, this lower demonic spirit, goes and gets seven other higher spirits, and he goes back to the place where he was exercised. How does he go back to the place? Because if the person leaves themselves empty after an exorcism, if, if they don't fill themselves with the Holy Spirit of God and prayer and, and good things, sacraments, a demon can come back even worse with seven other demons, uh, the seven capital sins, and they can be trapped even more. That's why it's, it's important to do deliverance, but it's also important 
to not only be delivered, but to be filled with the Spirit of God, to be filled with the virtues of God, to be filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this is what Jesus wants to do in every single soul. Is he wants to cast out vice. He wants to cast out, you know, these seven capital sins out of our life. He wants to purify us of these seven capital sins. But then he wants to do something good. He wants to fill us with his peace, his love, his joy. You know that war first comes from the heart. It first comes from the heart more than anything else. We, we, we see it manifested externally, especially on the television. It's, it's absolutely terrible. Terrible what's happening. You know, with the terrorist acts, it is absolutely terrible. should be condemned. But it first starts in the heart. If a person's heart is filled with one of these seven capital sins, and then it takes root, and then evil takes root, people are filled with anger, hatred, envy, violence, and you just carry it out. And who's to deliver a person's heart? Only God can do that. Only God can deliver the hatred out of a person's heart. Only God can do that. No bomb can do that. No bomb can, can drive out hatred out of a heart. Only God can do that. But God not only wants to drive the hatred out of the heart, but he wants to bring peace, tranquility, goodness inside a person's heart. And God wants to do this for every person on whatever side of the fence that they're on. God wants to do that for every single person because he loves each and every one of us. And he wants mercy for each and every one of us. And that's why part of we do the, what's called the third luminous mystery of the signs of the kingdom of God. Part of that meditation is God, you know, whatever, whatever part of the kingdom of hell that's within me, drive it out. Drive it out and pour forth your spirit within me. Pour forth the kingdom of heaven within me that my life can be in order that I won't have war inside of me, but that my kingdom can be a kingdom of justice and of love and of order and a kingdom of peace. You can't give shalom, peace, if you don't have shalom with inside yourself. You first have to have shalom, peace, with inside yourself in order to give that peace to others. But you can't do it yourself. Only God can do it for you. That's why we're helpless without God himself helping us. We're absolutely helpless children left to our own devices. That's why we have to call upon God. We need God to help us. We need God to fill us with his life, with his kingdom of life and peace and joy. And then we can give that to one another. Let's pray today for the kingdom of God to come down upon us, each one of us, 
And then that way the kingdom of God can also come down upon the world. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.